again everybody sorry about that to the quantum well-being show it's friday night it's 7 30 i'm so excited that you're here i see you all in the chat room love you guys so much thanks for being here tonight it's going to be fun um, before i get started i want to do a shout out to our friends over at the conscious awakening network they've got some really cool stuff going on over there including streaming this show and our Tuesday night show. And they've got some amazing hosts over there and really great programming and a really big platform. And they do a bunch of other things. So you might want to go take a peek over there. And Augie and I may do some things over there that we don't necessarily do here. So definitely keep an eye on that. I'm really excited for tonight's topic. But for those of you who don't know me, I am Nori Love. I am a multidimensional, multimedia healing artist. What is that that's the umbrella over which encompasses uh my conglomeration of gifts and skills that i came to the planet with so i believe that any transformation any change that we make is healing i'm a, a registered nurse i'm a double certified law of attraction life coach i'm a hypnotherapist i'm a reiki master i am a level one silvers modality practitioner um, i'm a personal trainer so all of that is under my umbrella and it all interestingly and this just clicked it just happened in the not too distant past it all comes together for me in the most amazing and magical ways and individually right uniquely for each of my clients so that's who I am, and that's what I got going on. So tonight, the topic tonight is how to take care of yourself when someone's coming for you. And in all that I do, right, law of attraction is a part of it. So today's topic is going to have law of attraction in it. If you don't know law of attraction or don't understand it right now, it's okay. Just let it float by. You'll still, you know, everything else is pertinent. So I'm using a recent experience for the purpose of healing, helping, and uplifting. And I'm actually contributing to the ascension energy, my contribution, right? I'm going to discuss what being come for looks like. Don't come for me. You coming for me. Don't worry. What, what being come for looks like and how to resist the pull. Not only how to resist the pull, but how to use your thought energy to emerge 
unscathed, confident, and stronger than ever. So someone's freaking coming for you. We've all had it happen, right? Maybe you get an intuitive hit. You notice something different in the relationship. Maybe you hear rumblings, right? That someone's coming for you. Many people choose to have a don't come for me energy. I have a don't come for me energy, right? Many people choose to surround themselves in, in that don't come for me energy, but it can still happen. And if it does, if it is still happening, you may need to buff up your energy and there's a better way to do that, but that's a different, that's a different topic. So someone's coming for you. I'm gonna talk more about that in a minute, surrounding yourself. So someone's coming for you is the slang vernacular, right? Don't come for me is a phrase that means don't criticize me, don't attack me, don't do it in public. And it's an, often a warning to someone who's being confrontational or aggressive to the person that they're going to come for. Why does it happen? People be people. That's right, right? People be people. What else can we say? So many of us don't welcome this. Some folks make a sport of it. If you want to see that, just watch um, uh, reality TV, right? There, somebody's always coming for somebody, the housewives of whatever, going, right, right? I'm coming for you, girl. Yeah. Some people, even if they say they don't want that interaction in their life, part of them does. So... Lots of people will create people who practice right laws of intention, laws of vibration, will create an intention to be free from being come for, be free from being come for. Some people will telegraph that intention with an attitude, with don't come for me energy. But truthfully, and this is higher level law of attraction, and then we're going to go right past it. The true passion of your desire to be free of this kind of interaction will vary how potent your intention really is. So maybe you have a don't come for me intention, but maybe there's cracks in it. Or maybe you never even thought about it before. Maybe you haven't thought about being come for. But if you don't want to be come for and you've, you've surrounded yourself in energy that says, don't come for me, cranky pants. Not everyone senses it. Not everyone honors it. And then there are folks that just don't honor the folks that intentionally choose the drama-free, energetic vibration in their life and well-being. Like create, like create, easy for you to say, Nori. Light casts shadows for some people, right? So those who don't like your light and those who are doing the coming may see us as an easy target, but that will only happen once. So just to reiterate, the phrase don't come for me implies that the speaker is ready to defend themselves. And it also implies you might want want to reconsider bringing any issues concerning me to light. And they include my shortcomings, 
false accusation, wisecracks, jokes. And it also means there's a time and there's a place. And this current moment isn't it, right? So don't, don't come for me, cranky pants, right? So someone came for me during this amazing time of change and accelerated evolution, also known as the, the awakening, during this pivotal time in history, the dawning of the age of Aquarius, someone came for me. And you know what? It felt dusty and it felt old and it felt outdated. But this experience really made me think. You know, during this time where many of us are focusing on well-being, we're focusing on our spiritual growth, we're focusing on being the change we want to see in the world, this experience made me take pause. It hit me like a ton of unexpected bricks. 2,000 invisible bricks dumped into my life. My humble but beautiful container that's filled with little fluffy angel feathers, sweetness, and chihuahua kisses, the contrast was quite compelling. 2,000 bricks, my little fluffy life in the country that I'm really happy with. It made me consider, it made me consider how easy, how damn easy it is for people to drop the sweetest, sparkly, gossamer energy of kindness, compassion, and consideration. How people so easily drop it and inject their unwelcome, dense, dank energy into another person's experience. And I'm an emotional being. When spirit rolls through, I always cry. It's a good thing. So when someone comes for me, and if it's a sneak attack, right? Coming for you on the I'm coming for you on the down low, right? They only have one chance. And then they don't get to do it again. They don't get to do it again. And the rare few who might ever possibly get back in. And that would only be after multiple, maybe endless conversations, truthful apologies and a plan for the future that includes communication with respect. But there's a caveat, that person has to truly embody the potential to be that person. But it's all really convoluted. They stab you and then they pretend that they're the ones bleeding. It takes a certain person with certain issues to do things of that nature where they come for people. And there's a lot of other factors playing out that I'm not going to go into. But if you're an empath, you know what I'm talking about. Coming for someone is the ultimate in disrespect, dishonoring, and selfishness. It's the laziest and poorest form of communication. I don't know about you, but I choose not to have that in my experience. 
and I'm very willing to make drastic changes to not have it. Now, that's a lot of negation, right? Law of attraction. That's a lot of negation. But it is in knowing what I don't want that I know what I do want. I know what I want. I choose to live in the sweetest energy of love and respect, awareness and compassion, kindness, kindness that begins when the birds sing and ends when the fireflies and the owls start calling in the distance. And it's in the middle of those two events for me all day long, every day. So let's talk. Let's talk. Right. You know, I'm from New York. Let's pour the coffee, spill the tea. I choose to live in the frequency of love and above. That's a good quote, right? Love and above. And this experience took me out of the energy that I love to be in and choose as my norm. Pollyanna, high in the sky? No, it's intention. It's focus, it's dedication to my relationship with myself. It's the application of the laws of the universe. The universe always has our back. We get to create it. It's not Pollyanna. So the way it rolled out was a surprise. In days gone by, I'd have lost a lot of hours to a situation like that, but not anymore. And I'd have handled it differently back then. In a little while, you know, I'm gonna to talk to you about the principles and the precepts and the code of ethics that I live by to be all those things, to be certified. It's important to be certified because then you're held to the higher standard, right? The code of ethics, the precepts, the principles that I choose to live by Back then, I didn't have that. I didn't have this. I would have handled it differently. I would have very nicely handed that person their head and walked away. Not, not realistically, right? Not in physicality, symbolically, figuratively speaking. That's how I would have handled it, but that's not who I am. So what do you think, really? What do you think about when someone comes for you? you right, we've all had it happen. Hopefully, you don't have it happen on a regular basis. If you do, you can change it, right? You can choose above it. That's the law of vibration, law of attraction. So what happens when someone comes for you? And I'm talking about it because it happened and it got my attention in a different way completely different. It was with someone that I knew. It was with someone that I knew who was capable of coming for people. I knew that. But I didn't think that person would do it to me. The empath's last statement, right? But he, they did. And they came for me. You know, and a lot of thought arises when this happens especially when the poison arrows start coming flying into your headspace while that person spins up and spins out, right? The darts and the arrows come, despite the fact that you have to work, you have responsibilities, you have a business to handle, you've got people depending on you, you've got to keep going while that is being interjected, injected into your now. 
it's a major interruption to your day and your day needs to keep going and not get hijacked. So when someone comes to me, there's a lot to consider. But first things first, I zip up. I immediately, just imagine with me in your mind's eye, if this, if this is weird, you don't know this yet, if this is weird to you, imagine stepping into a cocoon of light and zipping up, whoop, zipping up here in your cocoon of light. That's always the first order of business. That should be done in the morning, but it's always good to do like a little backup, you know, when someone comes for you. That's the first course of action. I've got a bit to unpack here. So I hope you have your drinks. I'm not going to be too much past the 30 minutes, but maybe a little. So let's talk, right? Let's talk. Let's pour the coffee, spill the tea, and pass the pins. No, just kidding. That's, that's good, right? It's copyrighted. Don't try to take it. <laughs> so initially, there's the shock and the surprise of the attack, right? Boom blasting into your peace bubble. Oh, you have got to be fudging kidding me, right? Left field, came out of left field. You're like, holy sheets. Is this really happening? Damn it. Bad timing. And then the question always exists. What did I do energetically to invite this in? But in the heat of the moment, that's a question for later. That's a question you put in your favorite color box, put a bow on it, you put it right here, and you come back to it later. And that's a different show. So bam, right? That first psychic dart comes flying in. The number one thing to do after you cocoon is to stop. Now, when somebody comes for you and you know they're coming, right? And you get the first, the first, you know, insults, it's really easy to react, but don't react. Practice, practice not reacting. Stop, think, pause and breathe. Do not react. This is, this is just stuff. This isn't anything in the big scheme of life and love and the planet that we're creating. So stop and react, stop and don't react. And you have to think on your feet. I had to think on my feet. I had to think about what I wanted to do. I had to think about the way I wanted to handle it. I had to think about the way I was gonna take care of myself. So knowing that someone's capable of doing that, I knew it, you know, I knew that person was capable of it. I knew that fact. But here it was, it was happening, and there's a little bit of a psychological thing going on here, and it's in my face. More thoughts arose. I'm a friend. I called him friend. I'm a nurse. I'm a coach. I'm a Reiki master. I have principles and precepts that I live by that challenge me not to anger, not to react, to do no harm. It required many deep breaths. He was triggered and I didn't want to trigger him any more than he was. And I felt a certain responsibility for being in that situation because as I said before, I knew he was capable of coming at anyone, anywhere. 
on a fairly regular basis. I've seen it many times, but I didn't think he was going to come from me. So I had a responsibility for putting myself there. What would you have done? So I had to consider how to handle it. Considering I am, how I choose to walk my path, and my vows to my spiritual coat, my spiritual walk, my coaching and healing precepts and principles. How do I handle this? I asked. That person I called friend. Being logical, I knew this was part of what happened on a fairly regular basis. And at this point, I finally had to stop. I had to go inward and I had to seek higher guidance. Initially, because I practiced mastering my energy, I didn't waste time registering any feelings of insulting or wounding or, oh, I can't believe it. Right. I didn't do any of that. Naturally, I registered mild to moderate shock and surprise that it was happening, that this was really happening. But with that realization, I knew there was not one word, not one curse, not one string of adjectives, not one of anything that that person could have said that would have hurt me. Not one. Because I choose that. I choose that. We can choose that. So it happened in text, right? Of course, right? Bullyism is easier in text. There's no eye contact. This is an ego issue, I was thinking. <laughs> And I did imagine another benefit of text for him, you know, that he could, he could amass greater satisfaction from reading and rereading his intentionally hurtful spewing, reading it back to himself, you know, unhealthily proud of the dusty and not too creative insults, really. So there's a word for this personality and the choices and the behaviors. And it applies massively here. But in his argument, he demonstrated, he said to me that he's seriously someone who's capable of asserting that he's superior. He's superior. He thinks in terms of superiority. I mean, not just think, but like measuring and calculating the who is and the who isn't. People like this are triggered by criticism, perceived rejection, being ignored. None of that happened. At best and worst, what happened was a logistical miscommunication. Even though people like this seem aggressive, their, their extreme ego is fragile. And their reactions are always disproportionate to the event. When the ego is that fragile, very often a new self is created. It's a false self. And it's a thick mass, right? The false self is a thick mass that offers protection from facing the feeling of fragility, of being fragile, the fear of being hurt or rejected. With the grandiose false self, the fear of not being enough, loved, wanted, doesn't have to be faced head on. Yet the pain of it still permeates and it fuels the ticking time bomb 
that continues to recycle after each explosion, this explosion. People with that, that with this kind of personality, it might not be this person. We'd have to figure that out. Their thoughts are often pained. And so they live for the dynamic energy, also known as supply, that they can suck out of relationship partners and empaths. Their thinking is different. These folks with the false self-protective mask that doesn't really protect them, it actually adds to their pain and their anxiety because now they have the weight of this facade that they have to hold up to beside everything, besides everything that's behind it. Beings like that think differently. They think us and them, the have and the have nots, the cool and the square, the idealized version of who they want to be and everyone else who's not meeting up to their standards, the woke and the sleeping, when in reality, it's the woke and those who violently think that they're woke. People with this personality require consistent admiration, positive feedback, and when it doesn't happen, it can elicit underlying feelings of shame that triggers anger, out of proportion, lashing out without any consideration for how it impacts the recipient for which, for whom they came. So the spewing of text continued, right? I decided to put him on hold. I could catch some of the texts floating across the screen. My cell phone was on the table while I was doing other work. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm human. I'm human. I threw a few left jabs. I did. But not in a mean, dishonoring way. I simply reflected the truth of what was happening. I reflected the truth of what was happening. And none of his words were about me. They were rivulets, right? A strong surging river has little rivulets that come off of it, right? They were rivulets of betrayal, abuse, familial neglect, being let down, and not having a trusting relationship with himself. That's something that we work on. He wasn't railing against me or a logistical miscommunication. He's running a tape. I've personally seen that tape run several times, directed at others in any situation that you might imagine. So how do I handle this? I mean, I considered him a friend. My friend was having a meltdown, a rude meltdown. But what really was my responsibility here? Somewhere in the fodder, I put out my apology for the possible logistical miscommunication, and that was the high road. He was spinning, spinning. I caught glimpses of choice words floating across my screen, you know. I told him I refuse to read your words. You can't hurt me. And with that, things became incendiary. And big guns got pulled out, probably words that were excellent at hooking others into the fight. 
So I decided, I finally decided, I became aware of the extreme, tremendous heaviness that that interjected into what was my happy now. So I took screenshots of all of his texts. I text back some logic and that I was sorry, but I had to block the texts and calls due to the toxicity until he balanced back out. And with that, I erased all of his texts. That's what I did. It's been days. He's still blocked. I thought about it a lot. I reviewed the screenshots of his text later with a different perspective. And when I looked at them, you know, all the things he called me were the things that he was during that exchange. All the things he accused me of was him. But I took care of myself. And if you ever go through something like this, I hope you take care of yourself. I put him on hold. I blocked him. Being able to stay steady, which was everything during all this, as I watched him, right, as I watched him wind up and I knew where it was going to go, reminded me, and I mentioned this earlier, it reminded me that it's so easy. It's suddenly so damn easy for people to speak terrible things to and about each other. When did this become the societal norm? More importantly, how do we return to a kinder, gentle, sweeter time? How do we shine our light so bright that the darkness can't abide? We can do it. The intentional malice that was launched was like napalm in Vietnam. It was so crystal clear to see. Where the heck was my friend? How could someone so smart choose to put his belly on the floor and spew snake shite from his mouth with a forked tongue? The answer to the flow of energy, the answer to unkindness, the answer to that personality type. And we see this personality type on the world stage in world figures, right? They are, world figures are embodying it, is to put them all on hold. Put them on hold. This is an energetic universe. Our attention is everything. And we, where we focus our attention is more of what we get. If we focus on the mean and the wrong and the unkind, we fuel that fire. If I went line by line with him in text, this would be a whole different topic today. And you know, I've spent a lot of days that passed. I spent all those days in love and peace where if I hadn't handled it the way that I did, I'd have been trying to repair the spin cycle that I jumped on with him. Repair the damage I did to myself. Textbook answer for those behaviors and the false self is to go gray rock. Becomes so uninteresting and so boring if you're in a relationship with that personality type. So boring to them that they seek their energetic supply elsewhere. Ease out of it. Be almost imperceptible. Think about it. 
have a plan, but do put them on hold. Put them on hold to halt the soul-shredding injection of venomous misdirected pain. Micro and macro, that's happening, right? On the world stage, put them on hold too. Keep your precious energy for the life you want to create. The life you want to create your way. Surround yourself only with those who make you happy. Learn to work with energy. Master your energy. And master your energy for the times when you may have to be around folks that you normally would exit from your life, but for whatever reason, they still have to be around you. There's a way to maintain your loving, respectful, truthful, kind, sweet energy around those people and maintain your balance. Mastering your energy is the key. And it's the biggest self-care gift you could possibly give to yourself. Especially when somebody be coming for you, right? Let me check the chat room, you guys. Oh, you had a doctor who did that. Yeah, that's that's a tough one. Yeah, yep. Got it. Absolutely, Michael. Hey, sugar bee. Yeah, I like that. You were told how to send them away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Violetta, good to see you. It's Marius. They must only be benevolent and working for me. I love that, Marius. That's beautiful. Really good. Thanks for being here, you guys. I kind of went over, but I'm not sure how late it was when I got started. Thanks for being here. I hope you'll come back next week. And I hope you'll come see us Tuesday, 8 p.m. right here on the Broadcast Team Alpha channel. And maybe you want to join our membership group. Maybe you want to join us at the Mastermind. I've talked about it a lot. If you want any information about it, you can, uh, you can message me on Facebook. You can email me, norilove1111 at gmail.com. And if you have any questions about any of the content that I shared with you tonight, or if you have questions about mastering your energy and law of attraction, please feel free to reach out to me. Much love, everybody. See you next week. Thanks, Matt. Thank you.